Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you in part by the I Love Old Time Radio Patreon page. As a Patreon member, you'll help me continue to bring all these great Golden Age shows, upgrade our equipment, keep the website going, and more. Plans start at just $2 a month, but if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. This week on the Vintage Radio Club, the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents a story of a would-be CEO of its father-in-law's corporation who is threatened with revelation of a dark deed in his past. It's called No Hiding. To listen, join our Patreon page at vintage.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Monday's Crime Does Not Pay... On the Shadow. This episode originally aired on March 1st, 1942, and it's called Dead Men Tell. Thrilling adventures of the shadow are on the air. Brought to you each week at this time by your neighborhood blue coal dealer. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Several years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The secret of hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Dead Men Tell. <laughs> that everlasting sleep. That born from which no traveler ever returns. That 
eternal rest called death. How often men have attempted to close the mouth of the accuser, seal their lips forever, and how often have they failed? For dead men, in spite of the legend, do tell. Yes, they speak and point with a bony, fleshless finger at their murderers. Sign right here, Matley, right on the dotted line. No, no, I won't do it. You like living, Johnny. Either you pay up or it's bring some flowers for you. Okay, okay, let go of me. I'll sign. That's better. But this notice of fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I only owe you ten thousand. Just a little interest, Johnny boy. Just a little interest to keep me happy till your old man dies and leaves his dough to you. I gotta have something extra for waiting, don't I? Go ahead, sign. All right. Yeah. Now, remember, this is a little business between you and me. One word from you to your old man about this, and, uh, well, I collect my money that much sooner. You get it? Now get out. Okay. <laughs> All right, he's gone. You can come out. Get it, Max? Sure, he got it, Julie. Where is it? Here. Read what the paper says, Julie. I promised to pay Max Merkel the sum of $50,000. Fifty? When, Max? When his old man dies and leaves it to him. And you let him get away with this? His old man is good for 20 years yet. Yeah, but will he live that long? That's the question. Now listen, Michael. My cut of that 10 grand was 2,500. I want it now. And I say you can get it. I'll get it or I'll... You'll what, Julie? He killed him. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you, Gloria. Max Marco does things his own way. You're a fool, John. A weak, blind fool. How much longer will I have to watch over you? How much longer will I have to fight your battles for you? Last year it was that singer Gloria Kingsley and Well, now... he said he'd kill me, Dad, if I didn't sign that note. Fifty thousand dollars. How much did you actually lose at Mirko's crooked gambling house? Ten thousand. And you signed for five times that amount? Why? Well, I, I told him that you wouldn't give me that much money, and he said, well, you get your father's dough when he dies, don't you? And I said, yes. He said, well, I, I can wait, but I want interest. So you'd even gamble on your father's life. But, Dad... Get out, I'm through with you. Dad, I... I'm calling Arnold Fanders right now and cutting you out of my will. Look, Dad... Get out, I said. All right, Dad, but you're not changing your will. There are ways to stop that. More ways than one. <laughs> So my son would even threaten me, huh? Threaten me. Well, we'll see about that. Hello? Oh, hello, Arnold. Is that you? Yes, Gustav. What is it? You sound upset. Oh, it's that son of mine again, Arnold. I've decided it doesn't hurt him. No, no, no. This time I'm serious. I've never been... Look, how soon can you get here? Well, I'm right next door. I can get there in five minutes, but can't this wait till tomorrow? Oh, I'm changing my will tonight. I want you to bring... To bring... Oh... What's that? Nothing. My head. My head. It, it feels like fire. Well, what is it? Uh, what's the matter? Gus! Gus! Well, you know how it is, Cranston. Here today, gone tomorrow, was just one of those things. Well, who is he, Commissioner? Gustav Matley. The broker? Yeah. Well, isn't he the man whose son got so mixed up in that scandal last year, breach of promise and all that? Yes, that's right, Lamont. Nightclub singer, wasn't she? 
Gloria... Uh, Gloria Kingsley. That's right, Gloria Kingsley. Yes. And if I remember correctly, that wasn't the first time that John Matley has been in trouble. Always had his father to buy his way out of scrapes. All of which means... That the father's death looks very suspicious. Hold on to your hats, boys. Here we go again. Now, look, Cranston, there were no marks of violence on Gust of Matley's body. Medical examiner says there was no evidence of poison, no foul play, and you're making a murder out of it. Commissioner Weston? Yes? I'm John Matley. Oh, yes. You told me on the phone that you wanted to see me. Yes, Matley. Uh, sit down, boy. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be something of a shock to you, but you... My father. It is about my father, isn't it? Yes. He's dead. I knew it. I knew it would happen. You did? You knew it would happen. Well, my father was a very violent man. He flew into such terrible tempers. The doctor warned him that he would die of heart failure someday. Heart failure? Well, it might interest you to know that the medical examiner found no indication of heart failure. No evidence of anything that might have caused your father's death. Well, what did he die of? That, Mr. Matley, is a mystery. I was just wondering... Huh? Say, what is my office? Grand Central Station? Arnold Fantasy. Yes, John. I heard that the police had sent for you, and I came here to help you. I don't want your help. Why, you just... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where do you two think you are? I'll have no more of this. I'm, I'm sorry, Commissioner. You see, I'm Arnold Fantasy, deceased Gust of Matley's attorney. Well, why did you come here, Mr. Fantasy? I thought it was my duty to help John defend himself against this murder charge. Murder? What are you talking about? The murder of your father, of course. It's strange that you say that, Mr. Fantas, because as yet the police are not even sure that it was murder. It's obvious that Matley killed his father, Lamont. Obvious, Margot. If I were Commissioner Weston, I wouldn't have let him go scot-free. <laughs> well, you're not the Commissioner, Margot. Anyway... Weston's assigned a man to trail young Matley. He can't get away. Yeah, pardon me, Mr. Cranston, Miss Lane. Oh, what is it, Shrevey? Well, it seems my bosom friend and companion, Big Charlie, and me is discussing this now Matley case in full detail we are discussing. And uh, what conclusion did you reach? Well, we reached that if we had been the father of this now guy, of uh, John Matley, uh, we would have taken the boy gently, but firmly by the hand, and uh, kicked him the heck down the stairs. <laughs> oh, here it is, uh, Mr. Matley's house. <laughs> well, I See you later, Margot. Oh, Lamont, can't I come along, too? No, Margot. Gustav Matley's will is to be read here today, and the shadow is going to be present. Arnold Fantas will be here any minute now to read the will. You both better go. Oh, no. Don't forget, I got a 50 grand interest in that will, Johnny boy. I stay. Me? What about me, Johnny? You were paid off, Gloria. My father gave you $5,000 for those letters I wrote you. That's right. Now that I think of it, they were worth much more than that, Johnny. You get out of here right now. Both of you. Listen to him. He ain't very polite, is he? After all I've done for him. What have you done for me? Much more than you know, kid. More than you know. I... I don't understand you. Maybe he bumped off your old man for you so you could get his money. Shut up, you. Shut up. Ooh, look what little Gloria turned up. So it was you, Max. What? Well, now I'm really going to be paid off from both sides and good. Well, now, that throws a different light on things. How'd you do it, Max? Who are you kidding, Johnny boy? I talked you into it the other night so you could get his money. Even if I had, you can't prove it. You can't prove it. Now get out of here. Get out of here. I'm staying. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see. Nice little act of yours, but I'm not buying 
You're going to cut me in, Max. I know too much. Look, you're a nice girl, but I don't like partners. It's unhealthy for any partner of mine. Like it or not, Maxie, I'm in. Whether you killed old Matley or not, I saw you get Sheely. Suit yourself, Miss Kingsley, but don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> so the vultures gather. Who said that? I heard something, too. You heard the shadow, Miss Kingsley. Shadow? I can't see anyone. The shadow cannot be seen. Huh? No, 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 don't look for me. What do you want? I want to know how Gustav Matley died, and you, Mr. Mirko, can shed some light on that subject. No, I don't know anything about it. You murdered Gustav Matley. That's a lie. Sure, that's it. That's how it happened, Shadow. As for you, Miss Kingsley, the law concerning blackmail is very severe. You got nothing on me. Nor me, Shadow. We shall see, Mr. Max Mirko. We shall see. Hello? Hello? No one on the wire. Someone probably got the wrong... Wrong... Oh, ahead. Gloria. Fire. Burn. Ahead. Drop that receiver, Miss Kingsley. What's wrong? Ahead. Gloria. What's the matter with her? She's dead, Max. What? Dead, huh? I told her I didn't like partners. Cranston, the telephone people say definitely that the phone had not been tampered with. Well, then why did this Gloria Kingsley die when she picked up the receiver? Commissioner, what sort of an autopsy was performed on the body of Gustav Matley? Look for yourself. Here's a report on my desk here. Thank you. No marks of violence, no poison. Commissioner, can you get an order to exhume the body of Gustav Matley? Yes, but why do you want it? No mention is made in this report of a brain examination, and I will... Pardon me, Commissioner Weston. Mind if I come in? Not at all, Mr. Fantas. What can I do for you? Oh, hello, Miss Lane, Mr. Cranston. How do you do? How do you do? As you probably know by now, Commissioner, the DA has secured an indictment against John Matley for the murder of his father. I just heard about it an hour ago, Mr. Fantas. Well, I've decided to represent John Matley. But I thought that you and young Matley didn't get along. He didn't want your help. Mr. Cranston, I assure you that I have no respect and very little affection for the boy, but... After all, he's still the son of my best friend. Mr. Fannis, do you believe him innocent? Now, is that a fair question? Ask the boy's legal representative, Miss Lane. He's right. Well, then here's something that you can do. Sign an exhumation order for the body of Gustav Matley. Well, that's impossible, Mr. Cranston. Gustav Matley's body was cremated. Cremated? Who ordered that? I did. It was Gustav Matley's wish. Lamont, be mysterious if you want to. I'm not being mysterious, Margot. You wanted to come along, and you said you didn't care where I was going. 746 3rd Street. Yes, sir. Well, this can't be it. It can't be. But it is. What are you talking about, Shrevey? Well, you said that we was going to call on a young lady, Mr. Cranston. Young lady? At this time of night? Lamont, who is she? Not a very live number, if you should ask me. This is an undertaking parlor. A what? An undertaking parlor, Margot? The young lady happens to be Gloria Kingsley. But Lamont, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying. She's uh, dead. <laughs> what am I laughing at? Worry, Trevi? In a word, yes. Going, <laughs> <laughs> Margot? Well, yes. Well, what can you find out here, Lamont? Margot, Gloria Kingsley has something that she can tell the police. Something that they've overlooked. Coming, Margot? Yes, I'll come. See you in a few minutes, Trevi. Oh, doesn't look like there's anyone inside the undertaking parlor. That's why we came at this hour, Margot. We're going to bring Miss Kingsley's body back with us. Is that necessary? Yes. Let's try the door. It couldn't be locked. 
I guess undertakers are one group of people who aren't afraid of burglars. Come on. Let's go in. Lamont, I can see a light burning there in the back room. Hardly expected to run into anyone at this hour. Seems to be two men back there. Undertakers certainly keep strange hours. I don't think they're the undertakers, Margot. Who, who are they? I can't quite... Oh, wait. The light's just gone off. They must have heard us. Yeah, they're gone. Come on, Margot. See if you can find the light switch. All right. Wait a minute. Here, I've got it. Here. Oh, Lamont. Now, Margot, just the back room of an undertaking parlor, that's all. Yeah, only one coffin here. Uh, Gloria Kingsley? Weston said her body was sent here. Now, let's open this coffin lid and see what's to be seen. Lamont! It's empty. Uh-uh. Our friends are leaving. Come on, Margot. Back to the cab. We're following that car that just pulled away. Why, Lamont? Unless I miss my guest, Gloria Kingsley's body's in it. Keep your foot down on the gas, Shrevey. I think we're gaining on them. Yes, sir. Down on the floor of the cab, Margot. They're shooting at us. Where do you think I am? Oh, there goes my museum. I'll buy you new ones, Shrevey. Keep after them. Hey, they slow it down. They're slowing it. Look. They've just tossed something out of the car. Stop. Stop, Shrevey. It's a pleasure, Mr. Cranston. A pleasure. Now, let's see what it is. You stay here, Margot. Come on, Shrevey. This big bundle must be it. Wrapped in a sheet, it's wrapped. I'm going to open it. Maybe I ought to go back to the cab and garden this land. Stay here, Shrevey. Good heavens. Oh. Gloria Kingsley's body. And the head is missing. Coming. Oh, Lamont, come in. I've been trying to reach you all over town for the last half hour. You have, Margot? Yes. Arnold Fant has called and says that he has a full confession to the murders from Max Merkel, the gambler. What? Max Merkel confessed? Yes. Fattis has Mirko over to his home, and he wants us to come over there to witness the confession. Hmm. It doesn't add up, Margot. Why? I'll tell you later. Look, you go to Arnold Fattis' home. Tell him I'll be a little late. But, Lamont, why can't you go with me? Margot, it just occurred to me that Gustav Matley's will has never been read. And I have a hunch that the solution to this whole mystery can be found there. Well, let's not wait any longer for Mr. Cranston, Miss Lane. If you'll follow me, we'll have this over with in a minute. You know, Mr. Fantinus, I didn't realize that your house was right next door to the Matley home until I came here tonight. Oh, yes, yes. We've been neighbors for years. Right uh, this way, please. Yes. Step in, Miss Lane. Yes, thank you. Well, there's nobody here. I know. I merely wanted you to see the evidence before you heard the confession to the murders. Evidence? Last night, Gloria Kingsley's body was stolen from the undertaking parlor and decapitated. The head was stolen. You know that? Yes, Miss Lane. Here. Look at this. In this box. Oh! Gloria Kingsley's head! Yes, Miss Lane. Not a very pretty thing to keep in one's house, but... You see, that head can convict the murderer. How do you happen to have it? Because, Miss Lane, I am the murderer. What? You! Does that surprise you, Miss Lane? How stupid of me... I wouldn't have had to kill you after all, would I? But you see, I thought you and your friend, Lamont Cranston, were onto me last night when you went searching for Gloria Kingsley's body. And it was you who stole it, not Max Merkel. No, Miss Lane. We both had a hand in the theft of the body, but unfortunately, Max had a violent dislike for partners. So there was nothing I could do but cure him of that dislike permanently. But why do you keep this head? 
Because locked in it is the solution to the mystery of the deaths of both Gustav Matley, my deceased client, and Gloria Kingsley. You see, the brain is burnt to ashes. Why are you telling me all this? Because you're going to die too, Miss Lane. No. Oh, yes. Yes, it's quite painless. No. Just an unpleasant, burning sensation in your brain. No! No! The door locks automatically, Miss Lane. You can't escape. No. Now for my machine and my little ray of death. No. You see, you can't escape. My ray can penetrate brick and steel. Oh. It can kill up to a distance of 300 feet. That's how I was able to kill Gustav Matley and Gloria Kingsley from my house. My ray was trained on the desk chair in the study of Matley's home. When the phone rang, I knew that whoever answered would then be sitting in that chair. Simple? <laughs> Not simple enough for you to escape punishment for your crimes, Arnold Fantas. Shadow. Who said that? Where is that voice? Right beside you, Arnold Fantas. The voice you hear is the voice of the shadow. The shadow? So... You murdered your good friend Gustav Matley to keep him from discovering that you had falsified his will so as to leave everything to you. Yes, Shadow. And in attempting to murder his son, you killed Gloria Kingsley. Yes, now you know. You couldn't have defended young Matley in a court of law, Pantas, and you know it. You were disbarred for illegal practices years ago. Oh, you know all my secrets, Shadow. Did you believe that you could escape paying for your crimes? Yes, Shadow, because only you and Miss Lane here know my secret, and you're both going to die. Ah, now my death ray is ready. I can't see you, Shadow, but my ray can find you. It doesn't have to see. Curtis. I'm going to turn it slowly and spray the room with it. Nothing can live in its path. It burns internally. Shadow, stop! Nothing, no power can stop me now, Miss Lane. There. Now, slow, slow, every part of the room. Shadow! It's pointing toward me! Shadow! I... Oh. Fainted, fainted, Miss Lane. No matter, we will come back to you later. First, I must deal with a shadow. Why don't you speak to me, Shadow? Is it possible that you're already dead? Ah, that's it. I've killed the shadow. Now to finish off my little job, this lane must feel the deadly ray. And then, then I'm free. The machine, the machine, it's, it's... (laughs) Yes, Fantas, your diabolical machine is destroyed. You've reached the end of your road of crime. sleep, that born from which no traveler ever returns, that eternal rest called death. How often men have attempted to close the mouth of the accuser, seal their lips forever, and how often they have failed. For dead men, in spite of the legend, do tell. Yes, they speak and point with a bony, fleshless finger at their murderers. In the South Pacific today, American soldiers are fighting desperately against overwhelming odds. They're making every shot count. Picture an American sniper at work. There's one of them. Perfect. Here comes another one. You can do your bit right here at home. You can help put bullets in that gun. You can help build warships and planes and tanks and all the material of war right this minute. Buy United States bonds and stamps regularly, every week. That's how you can help show that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. 
The shadow knows. <laughs> You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. They are not wrong when they say that dead men do tell tales, especially with the forensic sciences. Now, with DNA testing, it has exonerated many who are locked away for years who now get to see the light of day and bring the real killers to justice. And unfortunately, it has been too late for some. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow we'll be playing a new episode of Our Miss Brooks and join us back next Monday for some more with The Shadow. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.